0: Hello, and welcome to this bonus episode of TicketingPodcast.com, where ticketing experts reveal their secrets and share their insights. My name is karl Eric Moberg, and my guest today is Rick Jurkovic. Rick is head of ticketing at the Rugby Football League. Feel free to listen in. You don't want to miss this one. It's a pleasure to have our as a guest, Rick. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. So for the listeners who haven't heard the full episode of this podcast, but came directly to this one, who is Rick Yurkovich, and how did he end up as ticketing manager at the Rugby Football League?
1: Yeah, wow. It's a long story to get to here. Where do I start? Listen to the other podcast for this bit, and I can just start from 2004. I finished joining ticketing and becoming a ticketing person. In 2004, my wife decided that she wanted to move to Manchester, And I was working in Nottingham at the Sea Tickets at the time. And you know what? I'd done seven years learning how to become a ticketing person, putting my hand up and doing every job in the building, offering to work every event. And typically working away, you meet a lot of people that work with other organisations. And at the same time as me deciding that maybe it's time to move to Manchester and see what the big wide world has to offer me when I get there, I got a phone call from a chap at Ticketmaster saying, hey, I hear you're coming to Manchester. Why don't you come and have a chat and let's talk about what you're looking to do when you get here. Interestingly, an hour into the conversation, I realized that I was actually in an interview rather than uh, just going for a cup of tea. And then I was offered a position to lead the client services team in the Manchester office, which was primarily tasked with looking after the Live Nation relationship with the SJM Concerts relationship at SMG Arenas and a number of other sort of big theater and music clients. And at that point, I became sort of the festivals and stadium guys. just every time that there was a festival and a stadium tour, that's the job that I did. Whether that was access control, whether there was the ticketing aspects, managing and allocating inventory, and just kind of doing all the agency bits that we do when we're in agency work. And that was great. And I worked on Coldplay tours and Metallica tours and Foo Fighters and the Rolling Stones shows and the like those big shows and I enjoyed it and it was so tiring and and to be out and about for so long and every year it was autumn would put things on sale all the shows would go on sale they'd sell out Christmas would get a couple of weeks off and then come January end of January that's it we're back at full speed ahead all the way through to May and then we're going delivering events from May to September and I was on the road quite a lot so I got to 2011 The Take That Tour in 2011 was the point where I decided this is really tiring. This is something that like 26 stadium sellout shows. It was an amazing tour. It was a lot of middle class, middle aged women drinking wine straight from the bottle and, and generally just making a mess of themselves, which was brilliant. It was fun. It was safe. You know, it was a lovely environment. But I got to that at the end of that tour and I just thought, there must be something else for me here. And chances has it that January the following year, so January 2012, I got a call to assist with one of our Ticketmaster teams who were working in, in, in Warsaw, Poland, and in Donetsk during a Euro 2012. So the football tournament. So somebody offers you to go and work with UEFA uh, overseas and work in Poland. I was like, yeah, absolutely. Well. My hand is up. It's raised. I'm totally going. I've packed my bags. My children had been born at that point. My son was like three or four months old. And I had to say, you know, sorry, Mrs. Rick, but I need to go and do this. This is really important. So I flew out to Poland and I was commuting back and forth. I wasn't just gone permanently. I just sort of coming back into. And again, it was an incredible experience, but then my first real experience of working in sport. And it was an interesting one because I assumed that because I'd worked on all these huge tours and the major festival shows and and all of that, I thought at that time that I was great at ticketing. I thought I knew everything about ticketing, what there was to know. I knew it because I'd worked on these massive tours and we'd been able to sell everything out and do really well and understand audience profile and stuff. And then I came to sport and realized that I actually knew nothing about ticketing and what this is and it was really interesting and, you know I've, I've spoken to other colleagues people i work with in the past who've also said the same thing that it's brilliant working in music it's just such a buzz it's amazing that the experience you get is incredible but it's limited in so much as you sell a lot of tickets it's the best experiences when in a live environment but from a ticketing purist point of view That move from music into sport was like night and day almost. It was almost like I've opened my eyes to realize that ticketing is actually huge. And the bit that I knew that I thought I was really good at, it's only a tiny fraction of the huge stuff that I've not considered or not really appreciated. And that is the sports genre. And there is so much more to get from this. And so rather than saying, I've done my Euros, I'm going back now to music. Actually, I stuck around. I did an Olympics. I thought that was pretty cool. I don't mind Olympics in the grand scheme of things. Tick. I'll do that. And then 2012, 2013, Rugby League World Cup. So that was my first taste of Rugby League World Cup over 18 months. That's fine. We did that, moved on. And then I moved on to Rugby World Cup based in Twickenham. And at that point, I'd been away from my family for like four years. I'd not really seen my kids growing up. And, and it was starting to sort of pull on the heartstrings a little bit that it was like, well, I'm away, way too much. As cool as this is, as, as big as this is, and as amazing as it is flying up and down the country and going overseas and, and working with so many new people that are interested. I have to pull it back a little bit. I have to stop being a bit selfish and actually start thinking about being a parent. And that's where it changed for me is that I'd gone from chasing around and being a party guy to actually no, enough. I need to be a parent. I need to get a stable job. I need to stay put. And so I changed departments with Ticketmaster and, and they were great about that. And they really sort of helped me get to where I needed to be. Really? Uh, and that was fantastic. And then at that point, that's where I really started to understand club sport. And I started working with the likes of Middlesbrough Football Club, Saracens Rugby, the NFL in the UK, the Rugby Football League, where I am now, and a number of other clients. And really started to understand what their challenges were and what the Mm. difficulties were. And that was what kind of prompted me to, to shift from being full on 100% yeah, metal rules, yeah, all the time to actually stop listening to my Slipknot albums at work and actually maybe start switching on the classical music and just relax and calm down and just look at what we need to do and just focus on the thing. And actually that move to sports, that greater depth of data and and understanding the audience profiles, that has over the years now, it's really got me to appreciate what I was trying to do before I guess the point I'm trying to make is, is by understanding that and having a period of time doing this, it's allowed me to appreciate the job that I was doing prior to this. So Mm. where I am now, I understand what I was trying to do before I arrived. And now I'm here doing what I do now in governance. Now I look at what I do. So the constraints and the requirements or the needs of the agency business or the software business or the supplier side, I understood that because that's what I did. But what I needed to do was actually I needed to climb over the fence and say, actually, I need to be the producer. I need to be the rights holder, the, the governing mm. body, so that I can understand from this side what the challenges are, what the difficulties are. And actually, having spent seven years here now to really get to grips with what this side of it is, I can understand where the, the business needs are. I understand the suppliers. I understand what they're trying to bring. I understand that they're obviously they're trying to make money, but they're also trying to improve services and make things better for our side. And from our side, collectively, we rely on those suppliers to bring the intelligence, to bring mm. the, the new technology, the new developments to us. We're not going to be asking for things because we don't know what to ask for. The difficulty, I suppose, is when you are on this side is a lack of information, a lack of awareness of what the new processes are and what the new technologies are. Unless you're coming to me and telling me exactly what these things are and how they affect me, I'm not going to know about it because
0: I'm not always looking for those things because I have a job yeah. to do. Yeah, exactly. It's a super busy job in ticketing. That, that's definitely the case. But you mentioned Glastonbury, right? You've been working with Robbie Williams, James Blum. 26 sold out shows would take that. You have the Euro, also the London Olympics. Sounds like a dream. Would you recommend uh, people to go into ticketing? That's a
1: tricky one, really. On balance, yes.
0: And the balance being, there's a thing
1: called a work-life balance. And I genuinely was talking about this today, that this industry doesn't really allow, as much as we'd love it to, doesn't really allow for the life part of the work-life balance as much as maybe we'd like it to. And that's not because the people that manage the teams insist on hard work or insist on longer hours than anyone else. It's just that there's always that little bit more that needs to be done. There's always that extra layer of checking. There's always that preparation for the worst thing that could possibly happen, happening. And so if I haven't checked every seat, if I haven't checked every turnstiles correct, if I haven't checked the access control setup correctly... And I'm not sat here doing all of those things prior to an event happening, whether that's the day I've printed the tickets or the day before an event or whenever it is, I know that I'm not prepared and I'm not ready for what could potentially happen. I haven't Mm. found all the problems. I haven't found all the issues. Nobody gets anything perfect. And if you're confident enough to think you've got it all right, then you're in the wrong job because you definitely haven't Mm. and and you're going to get into sort of trouble. Having said that, there is a lot of reward and there's a personal sort of sense of achievement For people like me, especially you, I struggled at school. I didn't do great at school. I found it hard to engage. I didn't mature mentally probably until I was into my 20s. And at which point, and then I started really appreciate, there might have been a correlation between young Rick versus older Rick, where I'd gone from rock and pop, metal. I played in bands all my life as well, and I still do now. You know, that style of music that we always played, you know, thrash metal was always awesome. And I've Mm. always enjoyed it. We still do a bit of that now, but we're all almost in our 50s and it's kind of like thrash is a little bit harder to achieve these days. Mm. However, you gradually over time, you chill out and you sort of settle down. You start to find better ways to doing it, but you become more prepared and you do the preparation earlier. But if you can do that, the rewards are fantastic. This is the life of money can't buy situations. There is nowhere in any industry, unless you're actually an athlete, that you would be backstage at Wembley Stadium. Or backstage, if you're an artist, backstage at Download Festival or backstage at Glastonbury Festival or wherever. You know, it doesn't matter where it is. All of that is irrelevant. Nebworth in 2003, it was a fantastic place to work for a weekend. It was a bonkers place to work for a weekend. I still laugh about some of the nonsense stories that we had at the time. A kid coming up to myself and a colleague of mine. Asking if we were connected to the darkness, which I wasn't sure if that was a, a spiritual thing or if it was a, an actual, it was actually the darkness, the band. But that's made me laugh ever since. And that was 20 years ago that I still look back at that at the particular moment and remember thinking, what a weird thing to ask me. But clearly I looked like the sort of person that might be connected to the darkness. One yeah. way or another.
0: Did you find out what he meant?
1: I have no idea. Uh, To be honest, I just... uh, and, And to be fair, I did actually... I was on my way to the bar and when I arrived at the bar, on one table there was the band Moby and on another table was the band The Darkness. And I sat right in the middle of them both looking a little bit sheepish and a bit embarrassed because... Why do ticketing people have to interact with the talent? Because we don't, literally nobody ever speaks to us. So I'm probably in the wrong place. Uh, so I quietly drank my drink
0: and left. But it also sounds like a good place to be, for sure. Oh uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Very few people end up in a situation like that, I suppose. And I guess the only way is a career in ticketing.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, there are other ways in, I guess, but it's tough. You've got to be willing to put the hours in. You've got to be willing to just say, if something goes wrong, you have to be willing to just stay and finish the job. And if that job takes another three or four hours, then you have to be willing to do it. And if you're not willing to do that, then you'll find that it's likely that you're not going to last very long. It's that willingness to say, I'm going to put my hand up again, and I'm going to say, I'm going to stand here and I'm going to do the work until it's done. And that's probably why I do the job that I do is because you know, sometimes somebody has to take responsibility and, and that's always been me. So I guess, you know, I could not take responsibility and go home early and let everybody else do it. But then how do I make sure that nothing's going to go wrong
0: that way? Love it. Thank you so much, Rick. It has been a real pleasure to have you on this episode as well. Thank you so much, Rick. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. As mentioned, uh, there is a richer in-depth version with Rick. And if you would like to hear more from him, you should check out that as well. Super interesting and some really good key takeaways, especially for ticketing managers. You'll find it on the very same platform as you found this one. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you to our sponsor, TicketGo, for powering the ticketingpodcast.com. Have a great rest of the day.